Please turn with me in the Word of God to John's Gospel and to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we read together uh, the first 18 verses of the chapter. John chapter 1, and reading from verse 1. Let us hear God's word together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people and did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from the fullness, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Amen. And we end our reading there at verse 18. Please turn with me in God's word to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 and we read together the whole chapter. We'll be looking at this chapter both this morning and this evening. We'll be looking at or considering verses 1 to 4 this morning but we read the whole chapter together now. 1 John chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. The Apostle John wrote or was writing to a young church, but a church in which false teachers had been uh, coming in and teaching about the growing cult called Gnosticism. And he wrote his let- this letter to help the church members distinguish between real Christianity and counterfeit Christianity. And in our world today, isn't that line between truth and falsehood often blurred? We pick up the newspaper or read the newspaper on our iPad and we can hear touching stories about, uh, about what is something wonderful that has happened in society and we later find out that the story is completely false. We're used to our politicians making promises to get people's votes only to forget those promises once they get into office. We're used to, so used to seeing realistic dramas on the television or some are so used to seeing dramas on the television that they often find themselves forgetting that what they're watching is just pretend. They get so caught up in it. People can stand up and, and make passionate arguments that we simply accept as true because of how they speak. Yet, what they're saying is not actually true. In these days of advancement in technology and the use of artificial intelligence or AI, someone can fake a photograph or a video and our understanding of what is true, of what is real, is shifting. And that issue carries over into the issue of faith, doesn't it? We People seem to be continually making up a new religion, a new way of faith, or so they say. And people contradict one another. When we look at the religions of the world, there's contradiction here, there, and everywhere. And so we say, well, it's impossible for them all to be true. Where do we look? Some will say, well, Jesus says he is the only way to heaven. Islam says it's the only path to heaven. The Mormons would say that only those who hold to the teachings contained in the Book of Mormon will rise to the highest heaven and become even gods themselves. What's true? What's not? Some people will just say we're all headed in the same direction. Well no we're not. Some are walking with God. The true and living God. And some are walking away from him. And in this letter of John. That's what he wants to do. He wants to ground the people. In what truth 
really is. He wants to ground them in what the truth of God really is and what it means to truly walk as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in the ways of God. And that's, but that, that we might say, that's the meat of John's letter. Uh, but we don't want to skip over the beginning. Uh, often people will, will skip over the beginning or the introduction of some of the letters of Paul or Peter or John. But the, the beginning, the, the opening part of all, the, all of those letters contains so much for us. And in the opening verses of, of 1 John, John grounds us. He grounds his hearers in what it really means to know Jesus. He grounds his people in what it is to, to follow Jesus. And that Jesus really is the true foundation. That's our, uh, our title for this morning. Jesus, the foundation. But how can we know that Jesus truly is the foundation? Well, the first thing John tells us in, this, in these opening four verses of the chapter is that the Christian faith is historical. The Christian faith is historical. The Christian faith is based on fact, not fiction. Look at how John writes. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, concerning the word of life, this we proclaim to you, he goes on in verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. John is saying, I have seen Jesus. I've touched Jesus. I've been in the same room as Jesus. I've looked at him. I've listened to him. I've heard him. Jesus is real. The Jesus we proclaim to you, he is real. I have seen him. I have known him. He is a real person who lived at a real time in history. And that's significant that, that John says that because he's not, John is, is not coming up with some philosophy to tell the, the people he's writing to. He's not, it's not some theory that he's putting forward. No, he's telling the people that what he saw and what he learned from the Jesus who is true and real. Because friends, Christians don't have to put their, their brains into neutral to follow Jesus. Now right at the beginning of his letter, John wants us to know that the person he is going to talk about, the person he's going to speak about, the person he's going to proclaim is a real person. And he says, he says this because we can check John's facts with history. We can check facts about Jesus with other historians, even secular historians who wrote about Jesus. You see, John drew a number of conclusions about Jesus because he saw Jesus heal the sick. He saw him restore sight to the blind and make the lame walk. He listened to the wisdom of his words on, on the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain. He, he listened to him and, as he spoke and taught in parables. He was with him, wasn't he, in the Mount of Transfiguration. Where he saw the glory of our Saviour. He was in the boat. On the two occasions when, when Jesus walked on the water. And then again when he calmed the raging storm with a word. 
He saw his power. He saw his glory. He saw Jesus taking the five loaves and the two fish and distributing food to nearly 10,000 hungry people. He was there at his crucifixion. And he remembered that Jesus had said it would happen. But more than anything, he saw the resurrected Jesus. He saw him three days after he, was, after he died and was buried. He had dinner with him. He, he ate with him on, on that beach at the end, at John records verse at the end of the gospel. He had a chance to question him and to learn from him for those 40 days after his resurrection. And as a result of what John witnessed and heard from Jesus, he drew conclusions about this real person. He tells us that Jesus is the word of life. He is the word of life. It's a familiar phrase for John, isn't it? And it's, it's found as we read earlier in the opening of his gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of man. When John calls Jesus the word, he is saying in kind of shorthand that Jesus is the one who fulfills the promises of God. He's the one who expresses the heart of God. He's the one who reveals the mind of God. Notice that what else John says in the opening of his gospel. He says that Jesus is eternal. That he, is, he was in the beginning. He tells us that Jesus is God. He tells us that Jesus is the creator of the universe. He tells us that Jesus who is, the one, is the one who gives life and light. You see, John isn't asking us to believe his theories. He's asking us to believe his eyewitness testimony. The Christian faith is historical because it is based on a real person in history. So Jesus is the foundation and upon him we can build our lives. Because he is real and true. But secondly, the Christian faith is also relevant as we think about jesus the foundation and the faith we have in him it is relevant what did john write here he says the life verse 2 was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and was made manifest to us John writes to tell his hearers and to tell us about eternal life. That subject is difficult. It is mind-boggling. But it's not irrelevant. Because the truth is that each and every one of us is going to die someday unless Christ returns. We, have, we all have a sense that there is something more to life than just what we see and experience here and now. As we stand at the bedside of someone who is dying or at the grave of someone who is about to be buried, we all, people often ask in their minds, is this all there is? 
If this life is all there is, will Solomon is right, meaningless, meaningless, vanity, vanity. It is all vanity, like a chasing after the wind. If this life is all there is, well then there's no real justice, there's no reward for doing what is right, there's no real motivation to do anything of value. Imagine playing an entire season of sport but having no champion. You would have no motivation to get better, to practice, or to give up your time to strive for, for higher and better. Imagine having a job where everyone was paid exactly the same wage no matter what job you were given to do. Some people think that's what should be happening. But if you're qualified, if you have greater responsibility, you should receive pay fitting for that job. If the caretaker and the CEO were paid the same, or the doctor and the patient were paid the same, what would the result be? It would probably be resentment, or laziness, or even a poor quality of labour from, from both sides. But no, this life is not all that there is. And that's why the Christian faith is relevant. John tells us that he has the evidence that this life is not all that there is. The evidence is the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. John tells us, doesn't he, in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so John says, the life was made manifest, true life, new life, life in Jesus. And we proclaim to you, because we have seen it, we proclaim it to you. Because we have seen it, we proclaim to you the eternal life. Jesus shows us that there is more. That there is life beyond this life. And to enjoy that life, to know that life, we must begin now. And we must build our lives on Jesus now. We must build our lives on him in these days. And not wait. And not hold off. And not say it's something for the future. We build our lives on him now. Yesterday, I was at my grandmother's funeral. Uh, she was a, a lady of nearly 101 years of age. She had seen much. And last, or the, the minister who was taking the service yesterday, he said, last Sunday night I was in with Mrs. Best. And although she wasn't really aware of what was going on, these words kept coming from her mouth. I trust in him. I trust in him. I trust in him. Because she knew, my grandmother knew, that this life is not all that there is. At a young age, she came to, to trust the Lord Jesus as her saviour. She put her hope in him and she lived her life trusting in him, looking to him, loving him and following him. And though the last few years of her life have not been easy for her or her family, 
at the end, there were, there were moments of clarity. And she proclaimed her trust in the Lord Jesus. I trust in him. Because this life is not all that there is. The Christian faith is relevant because each of us one day will have to pass through the, the river of death. We will have to stand before our God and either we will be welcomed into the glory of heaven or we will be sent to an eternity in hell. Our only hope is to trust in Jesus and to build our lives on him now because he alone is the true foundation. May we be building our lives on him and know eternal life through him. Because the last thing, that, or the, the third thing we see in these verses is that the Christian faith is personal. It is personal. We, we, you individually, must build your life on the foundation of Christ. Because John tells us this, doesn't he? He tells us that his experience with the word of life with the Lord Jesus Christ and his confidence regarding eternal life is something that you and I can experience. That we can know as true and real in our lives. We proclaim, he says, we proclaim this. So We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you might have fellowship with us. See that in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship, he says, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The Christian faith, it is personal. John writes these things. John says these things so that you might come and have fellowship with God's people, but that you might have fellowship with the Father, with God the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ, through the work of the Spirit in your life. Listen to one way these words have been translated. From the very first day we were there, taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, we saw it with our own eyes, we verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen and now we're telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us we saw it we heard it and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us so that you can experience this communion with the father and a son jesus christ our motive for writing is simply this we want you to enjoy this too your joy will double our joy that's why the gospel is proclaimed. That's why the, from this pulpit the word of God is proclaimed. That's why each and every day we are to come to the word of God. So that we might come and have fellowship. 
with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So that you, as an individual person, no matter what age you are, can come to Jesus, come through Jesus and have fellowship, have a relationship. With the God of heaven, with the God that we've been singing about. He is majestic and glorious and sovereign and all-powerful. But the one who came into this world and humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. You might come and enjoy fellowship, not just now, but for eternity. with With our glorious Father in heaven. You see, Christianity... The Christian faith is not just a class you come to where a bunch of facts are are told and you learn them. The message of Jesus offers each and every one of us a chance for a new beginning. And John's passion is for people to know the Jesus that set him free. And brought him into fellowship with the Father. The message of salvation is a message of forgiveness for acts of rebellion and indifference to God. It is a message of hope to the person who is broken because of failure. It's a message of healing to those who have been victims of life's dark side. It's a message of life to those who are watching the gradual decay of their physical frame or a family member's physical frame. It's a declaration of value for those who feel worthless. It's a message of love that exceeds any love we have ever known. It's an invitation to come into fellowship with the Father and with his people. Fellowship is not just The church is not just a social club, is it? I remember a number of years ago, I think it was actually while I was here on placement, my wife and I, we lived uh, just down down the road in White Abbey. And I was sitting, listening to the radio uh, one evening, and they were talking about communities trying to create places of fellowship, trying to create different hubs for fellowship, there was an English uh, BBC or BBC radio program, and they were talking about how people were trying to create uh, these places of fellowship because they they'd been lost. People were lonely. They they were sitting at home uh, in the, in the evening or even during the day that they didn't know what to do. They couldn't go out and see friends, or they didn't feel. Like they could go out and see friends or they were living somewhere new and they they were trying to get to know people but it just wasn't happening. And they were trying to create then these community hubs or these fellowship hubs for people to come to. And that's all well and good. We, We should possibly encourage that. But that's not the type of fellowship that John is writing about. John says this fellowship Yes, it's with one another, but it's with the Father. It's with the Lord Jesus. It's a fellowship that is grounded more on, uh, grounded on more than just having a similar in, outlook or insight into life. 
It's not the same as joining a sports club or going to a knitting club or even joining a choir. No, it's fellowship with the God of the universe, with the creator of all things. It's fellowship with the one who has come to us, who has loved us from before the foundation of the world, and who has sent his son to us. You see, John here is not simply interested in us learning his story or learning what he knows. No, he wants people to meet Jesus. He wants people to meet the Jesus who changed his life and who has changed the life of millions, perhaps even more than that, of people since. He shares what he saw and heard and touched so that you and I might come to trust the Savior, the Lord Jesus, with our lives. And so I wonder, friends, are, have you built your life on the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he your foundation? Do you see that he is real and true? That he is a real person who came and lived upon this earth, as John testifies to do you see that, that the, 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 the life of Jesus and the Christian faith is relevant to you? Because one day you will be called to stand before Christ. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? And are you, are you confident in him and the eternal life that you have in him? Do you rejoice in the eternal life you have? And do you see that the Christian faith is personal? So that you are you truly having fellowship with God? Do you have true fellowship with God and with His Son, the Lord Jesus? This evening we'll we'll consider what it means to, to have that fellowship, what it looks like to have that fellowship. But as you as we go away this morning, do you know what it is to truly follow the Lord Jesus? To have true fellowship with Him? Or are you putting on a mask? Are you putting on a veneer that one day of the week you come to church and you sit and you listen or look like you're listening and then you pack up and you go away and that's it for the week. I've done my duty. Are you a counterfeit Christian or a real Christian? I I came across this illustration given by an American commentator. He said a counterfeit Christian is something like a counterfeit $10 bill. Suppose you have that counterfeit note and you think it's genuine and you use it to pay for fuel in your car. The owner of the, uh, or the manager of that, of the, the fuel station, he takes it and uses it to buy supplies. And then the supplier, he uses it to, to pay uh, the, the, the one who sells him his supplies from the warehouse. And then the warehouse owner, he takes it and bundles it up with 49 other $10 bills and they take it to the bank. And when he takes it to the bank, the person on the, on the counter says, I'm sorry, but one of your, your notes is counterfeit. That $10 bill, it might have done a lot of good while it was in circulation. But when it came to the bank, It was exposed for what it really was. And it's put out of circulation. It's destroyed. And friend, you can live your life 
and have everyone believing that you are a child of God and you can try to live decent and good and upright life even and even help people and do much to help people. However, when the Lord, who alone determines your eternal destiny, looks at your life, it won't matter a jot what other people have thought of you. He knows whether your life is real or counterfeit, whether you are a follower and in true fellowship or a pretender. Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away away from me, you evildoers. And so at the very beginning of this letter of John, let me ask you a key question. On what do you base your faith? And what do you base your hope for the future? Are you building your life hoping and trusting in yourself? Or are you building your life in an illusion? Or are you building your life on the true and real facts of Jesus? Are you looking to him who came to bring eternal life? Are you looking to him who came So that we might have fellowship with one another. And fellowship with the Father. Are you looking to Jesus? Is he the author and the finisher of your faith? Friends, may it be that each and every one of us are continually building our lives on Jesus. That we are trusting in him. That we are knowing him day by day. And enjoying fellowship with him and with one another. Amen. Let's stand and pray together. Our Father in heaven, we do indeed thank you and praise you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that he has come into this world. And we thank you that through him we have life. We can have life, eternal life in the glory of heaven. But God, that life begins now. And so, Lord, might we all look to you and trust in you. Lord God, we pray that if there are any here this day who do not know Christ, who do not love him and follow him, who are living with a mask of, of Christianity, but underneath they are far from you, Lord, we pray that you would bring them to know and to trust you. We pray, Lord, for the children that present, that you would be at work in their lives. Lord, that they, at this young age, would ground their lives on Christ, that they would build their lives on him, that he would be their sure foundation throughout all their days. Lord God, we do pray that you would help us, though, to to tell others of of what Christ has done, that we might share in in the life that we have been given, or that others might come and know him and honor him. And Lord God, we thank you for the fellowship we have with you we thank you lord that you're always there with us that you're always beside us and lord god we thank you for the fellowship that the gospel brings to each and every one of us that we are united as as children of god brothers and sisters in the lord jesus christ and so lord we pray that you will bless us through your word and bless us through our savior and lord we pray that we would 
be blessed in this day and honour and glorify you in all that we do. Father, we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.